So maybe you all were here in November when I visited, uh, you know, so I'm on sabbatical, and uh, some people get to go away or across the pond, or and my kids are in school, and it just it seemed too complicated. So I'm doing a sabbatical where I focus on renewing myself, refreshing my ministry, visiting congregations to see how y'all do it, um, take it back to Elkhart when I start again in May. Um, so I'm noticing things like your beautiful community, how you do things, um, how many children you have. Wonderful. It's really great to be here. Thank you for having me. So I, another thing I've done is watch some TV. I've gone to some movies. I've had conversations with a lot of the kids who are in and out of my house, in and out and in and out. So I want to share with you the first new sermon I've written in like five months. Uh, for all the years that I've been married to my geek husband, and I say that with the utmost love, I have maintained that he is the geek, and I merely abide his interests. But then I found myself watching Avenger movies and enjoying them. When Supergirl, the series, came on TV, has anybody watched Supergirl? Are you offended that it says girl? Watch it and see. When Supergirl, the series, came on TV, I watched the first episode with my sons because they wanted me to, and it was just a formality. But now it's part of our weekly routine. But then a stranger thing happened. On this sabbatical, I have been taking small trips from Iowa to Virginia, and everywhere I go, people are talking about The Flash and Daredevil and Jessica Jones and The Arrow, and the list just goes on. And these are people who are not superhero fans. They are not into comic books, but now they are. It's weird to me. So I went to the experts, you know, my kids, to my own and to their friends, we discussed the difference between superheroes who are aliens and those who are from Earth. We discussed those that have powers and those that have cool gadgets. We discussed why action heroes are not the same thing as superheroes, not even really cool ones like James Bond who also has different incarnations, the way superheroes do. And so my query grew stronger. Why? Why are there so many TV shows and stories and books and movies? Our 21st century is only 16 years old, and it's inundated with superheroes. What do they have that we are so desperately looking for? From the January 2011 issue of Relevant Magazine, I found an issue entitled, Why Do We Love Superheroes, right? It's a great read. It's online. I recommend it. The author posed this theory, and I quote, One might compare action heroes to secularism and superheroes to religion. Action heroes, you know, like the Die Hard movies, the Explosion movies, or what are, what are the ones, the Born movies? Action heroes deal with immediate, external properties of the world. Superheroes deal with the interior elements of humanity. Superheroes are colorful incarnations of the human soul. 
boy, I like that. When you look at a superhero, even if they're from another planet, they are colorful incarnations of the human soul. Now, I don't discount all of this hero worship as mere escapism. I don't believe it's substitution replacing God with Superman. We indulge in hero worship because all of these heroes have qualities we love in ourselves and in others. And we love seeing their successes and failures laid out for us in story format. Formats that can be understood by people of all ages and all walks of life. Their problems mirror the ones that we see on the news. Their problems are our problems. But their solutions are definitive, strong, and creative. In one of the new shows, Arrow, there was an entire season about the main character, Oliver Queen, fighting against a group of militants that looked suspiciously like ISIS. And now in the newest season, they're fighting another militant group that's led by a guy who wants to destroy everything that Western civilization has built up, except for the fact of the, in the show, backwards technological advances, it sounds suspicious, it looks and sounds like North Korea. In Supergirl, there is a guy whose name is actually Maxwell Lord, who has a god complex, and he has an extreme case of xenophobia. Does that sound like anyone in the news? Although some Americans, some of us, won't want to admit it, the U.S. is part of the problem. We've got people in the Senate who want to deport everyone who is currently moving, anything that moves, who isn't white. And we're revoking voting laws to everyone who isn't straight, white, and male. To quote a supervillain, we're making America great again. In the world of comics, that meant something extremely different. In the comic series Civil War, there's going to be a movie about it, so I have to keep hearing about it at my house. The main source of conflict was that SHIELD, the secret agency that deals with super people and extraterrestrials, wanted to publicly register every hero so that the general populace would know how much danger they're in. Tony Stark, who had already come out as Iron Man, he was the leader of SHIELD at the time. He led the charge on this. It seemed very out of character wanting to out people. Surprisingly, it was Captain America, the goody-goody Boy Scout of America, who was extremely against the registering of aliens, or heroes in this case. This led to heroes being flushed out of hiding and have them forcibly reveal their secret identity, and Captain America thought this was a bad idea. Peel back all of the acronyms and aliases, and you can interpret this in several ways, from registering Muslims to the outing of homosexuals. Now, I, um, I admit I didn't look into what Michigan laws are before I came this morning, but in Indiana, even though the Supreme Court has, e has legalized equal marriage, we don't have equal protection. Do you in Michigan? Um, a gay couple, lesbian couple, can get married, but they could still lose their job or housing 
because there are not protections in place. Well, clearly, this is a job for fill in the blank, right? In times of crises, we harness our own superpower, which is love. We use the stories of extraordinary powers until we can enact the change that we need. We Americans turn to those who have more power than us to do the things that we can't to solve every problem with the swish of a cape. In our real lives, there are no easy fixes. Religion doesn't fix the problem, but it's one part of our life that can make the crises tolerable, whether through prayer, through love of community, love that comes from the community, or the hope that is inherent in love-based religions. Belief and participation in a religious community can be helpful and hopeful. And this topic of religion does not exclude those who are superpowered. Religion and superheroes obviously hold great interest to me. I've been reading up on this so much it's really fun. Far from replacing God, many superheroes have religions. Thor, well, he worships his own father. Right? Wonder Woman is, in some versions, the goddess, Diana. Did you know that there's Catholic superheroes? Matthew Murdoch, who is called Daredevil, grew up Catholic. So did Steve Rogers or Captain America. Now, when you read the backstory of Captain America growing up with Irish Catholic immigrant parents during the Depression, you might understand why he thought it was a bad idea to register aliens. Interestingly, many of the Golden Age superhero storylines that were developed during the first half of the 20th century were written by Jewish cartoonists. So there are Jewish superheroes. But when they wanted to portray the non-super persona as the average American, the backstory most often had our hero attending services at a mainline Protestant church. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, went to a Methodist church with his aunt and uncle. I can't wait to call my Methodist colleague back in Elkhart and say you need to preach on this. Spider-Man was Methodist. <laughs> Superman was raised in Kansas. As near as I can tell, maybe Church of Christ. <laughs> he definitely went to church. They just didn't say which one. Religion can help in crisis times just as caped crusaders also can. Superheroes fill voids in our lives by giving voice to our fears in a less aggressive way, by making it a story out there. Using their stories to lift up our problems, like whether to out someone who is gay, whether to register someone who is Muslim, makes it possible to engage in ethical discussions with people who are different ages or have different beliefs than us. Superhero stories can act like modern parables. This is different than escapism because it taps a part of our brain where we can be creative in our problem solving. 
we could wear bracelets that say, what would Aquaman do? (laughs) In November 2010, the UU World magazine took on superheroes in an article entitled, Heroes and Mentors Reclaiming Krypton. Their main point is that in earlier comics, our heroes did not have parents or mentors. They were very solo. Superman lost his adoptive parents. Spider-Man lost his uncle, Bruce Wayne, Batman, lost his parents, and so forth. More recently, however, as the article in the UU World pointed out, the X-Men had a mentor in Xavier. And in later Batman renditions, an older Bruce Wayne, you know, the famous orphan with all of the cool gadgets, Bruce Wayne himself mentors Batman Beyond. Now, the UU world is a few years old, and while its premise is still very interesting, I've taken it a little step further. The superheroes are more likely to work in groups now. As the article lifted up X-Men, even more now, they exist and flourish in communities. Have you all been hearing a lot about millennials? Any millennials here? I might see a couple. You don't have to out yourself. (laughs) Millennials and some Gen X people, Generation X people, um, they exist and flourish in community mixed with regular people and those who are extraordinary. In Supergirl, for instance, she has another alien to help her as well as an adoptive sister and a cousin. She has a whole community. I watched it this week, having already written this. And at one point she says, I'm better at saving the world with people around. And I went, aha, I am vindicated. (laughs) This is an evolution, or perhaps a move back to simpler times when we knew we could not exist alone, even those with superpowers. Of course, the characters are reflections of how the creators understand their own cultures. And so now the people who are writing and creating these stories are more likely to have a whole community around them because they are Generation X and Millennials. So they're more likely to work in an entire community rather than just have a sidekick. They reach out to each other more than older generations did. Think about your work life. Working in offices is more than often, not all the time, a team approach, right? Schools, you don't compete against each other. The schools, elementary schools, have pods of desks. They work in teams, right? We're we're more moving more toward working together in a team approach. Even dating is more often begun with groups hanging out together than with people pairing up right away. Now as for how this reflects on the fans of these superheroes and comic books, getting together at Comic-Cons and wearing clothing with their favorite hero symbols identify them to each other. If anyone goes to General Assembly, be prepared. We all wear our chalice beacon, right? So when you're out in the city at a non-GA thing, you know who's there for GA. When you're at a Comic-Con, you wear your favorite symbol so that you can identify 
who your spirit animal is. <laughs> Superheroes bring us together so that we may save each other rather than waiting alone, hoping to be saved. Along with the evolution of working in community, technology is more and more likely to figure into these stories too, even if there is some fabulous superpower present. And this is like regular modern people also. Social media brings more people together rather than leaving folks in isolation. Technology itself is a superpower. This examination of technology brings me to my final point. It's great, but you still need people for it. Superheroes all have flaws, just as we do. But remember, they and we are colorful incarnations of the human soul. And so I'm going to do this little study with you that you can take out and talk about what you learned today, this Sunday. And it's about Iron Man, Tony Stark. He loves technology. I'm going to go out on a limb and ask, is anyone here involved in IT or technology as your career? Mm-hmm. He's also a self-proclaimed atheist. He believes that the combination of humanism and technology will save humanity, not a supernatural god even though he's an atheist. And he's definitely flawed because, remember, he is the one who thought it was a good idea to register aliens. The reason that he did that is that he believes we all have the right to know who we're in community with. He believes and accepts that people and super people and non-human aliens are all equal. One might even say that he respects the inherent worth and dignity of every person. So if we have superheroes who are Greek polytheists and Catholics and Jewish and so forth, just maybe Iron Man is like a Unitarian Universalist. Take that out, discuss it. <laughs> if you run into me at General Assembly, let me know what you learned. So whether you buy Iron Man as a UU, even if you aren't a comic book fan, we can all appreciate the colorful incarnations of the human soul because they're like us. And each of us can be like them in some small way. Superheroes based on comics is a huge business and it's getting bigger and bigger. It's getting more expansive with more diversity and ever-growing acceptance of who could be a colorful incarnation of our soul. Now, comic book nerds, this is capitalized in my text because the kids have said it should be. Comic book nerds have been feeling nostalgic. There's been an upsurge of people talking about the golden age of comics when Superman could really do anything, when Iron Man used rocket-powered roller skates, when everything was solved in 14 pages. I think that the mild-mannered citizens of America need hope. I think that's why superheroes are so big. We're hoping for a time when we didn't have to worry about threats coming from our own people. For a time when villains were easily identifiable 
laughable even sometimes. Just as we will continue to need superheroes, they are more and more needing regular people like us. Batman needed Alfred, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles needed a teacher. I believe that the new sidekick is the IT guy. Batman had Robin. Superman, Supergirl, has Wynn. The Flash has Cisco. The Arrow relies on Felicity Smoke. All of these people are IT specialists. Many of us ordinary people with moderate computer skills could easily have filled this role. We love watching these shows. And with the beloved community backing us, our powers become super indeed. So, with love as our superhero, we forge as our superpower, we forge on. And we always remember, I'm going to stop right now and say, the reason I know all of this is true is that Reverend Rachel and I coordinated a little bit for this. I did not know what she was going to put into words for reflection. Okay? Wrote my sermon without knowing that the final one was the final line of my sermon. Are you ready? Give me an amen if you're ready. As Uncle Ben taught young Spider-Man, say it with me, with great power comes... With great power, which is our superhero superhero strength, love. With love comes great responsibility to go out and spread that to the world. And with great responsibility comes great power. Blessed be and amen.